0: Is the face that I see C.G. but use me the way you will help me to hold out a heart of compassion and grace a heart that your spirit be do they see jesus jesus in
1: Good morning, morning. (coughs) (coughs) excuse me, my voice has been fine all morning and now it's acting up, so forgive me if it (coughs) acts a little strange. Let's just take a moment and pray, shall we? (coughs) Heavenly Father, we come before you now. And as always, Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And we just pray now as we open your word, as we read about you and your principles. We pray that it would work in our lives, which is always our prayer. Take our lives, Lord. Make them what you want to be. And thank you for the song this morning. Um, I appreciate it uh, so much. And we pray if there's anyone here this morning that hasn't discovered a full knowledge of you, Lord Jesus, through salvation, we pray that you would touch their hearts this morning. Let them discover how much more life can give them with you, Lord Jesus. Let them see their need for you, our Savior, and give them hope and peace and joy. We pray these things now in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My uh, title of the message today is The Aroma and Fragrance of Christ. And, you know, I think of all our senses, maybe the one we take the least um, thought about, smell, except for Dave Huerte and myself, who basically can't. He has a little hiatus right now, but may it last longer. But we are instantly attracted or repulsed by smells, aren't we? And we pretty much know our favorite ones, a lot of them have to do with food. lot of them, ladies, have to do with fragrance. We're not saying that isn't part of it. But there are also things that we know we just don't care for, the smell. <clears throat> Turn with me this morning, would you, to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, starting at verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. I also have a second text. Don't worry about... Turning to it, it's found in Acts chapter 4, verses 13. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them They had nothing to reply. You know, that's pretty amazing because it was when Peter and John were brought before um, the Pharisees and Ananias. And these were men in just lavish clothing of the best linens. They prided themselves in their looks as well as their, their knowledge. And here were two men that were... Well, they were just very ordinary, nothing much. And yet they preached a sermon to them, and it struck them, and they realized these men had been with Jesus. There just isn't any higher compliment that can be paid to a Christian. What made them so amazing? What was the aroma that they had that made them such a powerful impact on people. They had spent time with Jesus, hadn't they? They had realized that he was the eternal God. And so they were like sponges. And they just drank up what he had to give them. They also had complete trust in Christ. And they fully, completely embraced his teaching. And they knew the blessing and the gift of eternal life through Christ. And they wanted to share it with everyone. They had a desire and they had passion to preach Christ crucified. And in him was the only way to be saved. They had a heavenly, not worldly, perspective on life and what they did with their lives. They genuinely have possessed God's love. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. A question for us this morning. Does our conduct, does our life affect our aroma to God? What we say, think, and do affects our aroma to God either to increase the fragrance or to diminish it. Either to be found pleasing to Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father or not. God wants to bless us and protects us from sinful influences because these can affect our aroma, can't it? God has a deep desire to strengthen us spiritually. Romans Chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, is perfect for this. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable imperfect. How's that for something to juice us up this morning? God's desire is for us to become Christ-like. 1 Corinthians 11 one says, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. Those were Paul's words. And I think it's safe to say he did an admirable job in being like Christ. And remember this, the more we become like Christ, the sweeter will be our aroma to God. God wants us to be clean and holy vessels and to preach the gospel for his honor and his glory. Ephesians, very familiar verse to most of us. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not a result of works that any man should boast. He desires for us to give the gospel in all simplicity, not to complicate it, not to undo it, by our own conduct. I remember the words of Gandhi once saying about Christians, I would rather see Christ than hear a sermon from these people. That's what makes a difference. If our lives don't match up with our words, they're just empty, they're meaningless. A question for us, how committed are we to Christ in our daily lives? Is Christ the driving force in us that causes us to produce an aroma to God? Are we sure we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that goes beyond just words? I remember one fellow when I was working at Safeway, the nicest guy you could meet. Very happy, very positive in most ways. And he heard that I was a Christian and let me know that he was excited about that because he said he was too. And once I, he stopped me and asked me what, this was on a Monday, and asked me, how was the sermon at my church? I said it was wonderful, you know, ta-da-da-da-da. We talked. it. And then he said, Oh yeah, mine was really good too. What was it on? Oh, it was just a blessing. And uh, then he walked around the corner and saw some of his other friends and swore two or three times in his conversation about whatever sporting events were taking place. Words. They were simply words. There was no life to go with the words. Are we we excited to wake up in the morning and spend time with Jesus Christ? It's different, you know, than realizing we need to do that. But are we genuinely excited to spend some time with him and converse with him and read his word and have prayer? And is he the last one we converse with before we go to sleep and look at his word. It's a guarantee if you do that, you will have peaceful sleep. Do you let Christ be involved in your daily routine? Would those you work with, would your neighbors, would your friends, consider you how would they consider you as an ambassador for Jesus Christ would they even know that we're an ambassador for Jesus Christ would it even come to their mind by our way we conduct ourselves and what we have to say and what we do are we a mystery to them as far as Christ goes Are we aware of the workings of Christ in our life? Do we sense the Holy Spirit grieved when we sin? Do we immediately find ourselves uncomfortable? We should. I do. is there a desire to as quickly as possible remedy the situation with him and possibly with someone else? If our sin had to do with our conversation in hurting or harming another, is there that feeling, that need for us? Does Christ influence and He's he involved in the decisions in our life, both small and big? Is he? Is it important to us that he realize? I know when I was in sales and I was on the road as a very young Christian, I literally when I realized the principles of the Holy Spirit in us. I took it as a visual for myself to picture Christ driving along with me in the passenger seat. I wanted that. I wanted his presence known to me and to remember that in my conversation, in my thoughts, in my actions. I wanted him and still do want him to be active in that way in my life. A quote. I can only say that I have acted upon my best convictions without selfishness or malice and that by the help of God, I shall continue to do so. Pretty good creed to live by, isn't it? Abraham Lincoln. Who are we spending time with in our life? All of us will have times when we are spending time either through work or, or some other way with the unsaved. I hope for each one of us, we in some way can have the same Reaction to those around us That John and Peter had That the rabbis knew They had been with Jesus Another question How much does Christ and his church mean to us? Acts 2.42, and they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. That is the most winning formula for a Christian in any century. You will have a victorious life if you follow that formula with sincerity. Not just coming, not just going through the numbers, not having your quickie little devotion, and, uh, or worse yet, just reading a devotion. Devotionals are great. I have them. At most everybody has them. They're a blessing. But this helps us to converse with Christ. This starts the dialogue as we go into prayer. This has to be our motivation. Thy word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Very encouraging. Hopefully none of us here today are just talkers. There are those that have plenty of words to say and they know the right words to say when they're with the evangelicals, Christians. They know how to sound like a Christian. But few actually live the words, live out the words. It's my prayer that everyone here today does that. That we're genuine doers and we're servants for Christ. We care about others. Another quote The length and breadth of our influence upon others depends upon the depth of our concern for others. How burdened are we for others? How much time is spent in prayer for others versus ourselves? A good sign for a healthy Christian is if it's a very, very high percentage that's in prayer for others and a very, very low percentage about ourself. You want to discover more about the sins of self and selfishness? Go back online and listen to Sylvia's message from last Thursday. That'll be an eye-opener. That gets to the root. Yes, the devil's out there. Yes, the devil wants to wreak havoc with us. Yes, the devil wants to steal our joy. But the devil is not potentially our number one enemy in the world, believe it or not. Potentially our number one enemy in this life as a Christian is who we see in the morning in the mirror. If we are not under Christ, if we are not serving Him, if we are not surrendered to Him in our mind and in our actions and in our thoughts, if He isn't literally the Lord of our life, we have a big problem. Because out of that selfishness erupts arrogance, conceit, pride that is so destructive for a Christian, that robs us of all joy. Do we set aside, do we shove aside ever our time with Christians and church for worldly activities that as we think about it have no value in the long run? Let's face it, this is not our home. The Bible tells that to us. Our home is yet to be seen by us. Our real home is what he's preparing for us in heaven. Remember, he says this life, and may all of us live to 90 or 100, if the Lord tarries, but this life is, he calls it but a breath or but a vapor. They don't last long. It's minuscule. It's unmeasurable compared to eternity with him. Are we living our life as Christians like this life is all we've got? There is no eternity? Are we so obsessed with our jobs and our income and our acquiring of things that it just absolutely blots out what Christ is trying to do in our life. Hopefully not. Hopefully we don't find excuses so we don't have to go to church. But if you're out there today and you have to go to church, boy, you're missing it you really are missing it there's no having to go to church if you're truly in love with your savior if you're truly desiring to become more like him i got newsflash i'm not even close to being like him anybody else with me on that but i'm letting him have his way with my life so that one day i can become more like and be conformed to his image it's a lifelong process isn't it Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Not forsaking our own assembling together is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day draw near. I have never, never, not once ever come to church and left downtrodden. It's an Arnold statement. It pumps you up. And if you're not getting pumped up, find out why. This place gives us whatever it is, energizes the bunny. This is part of God's plan this was one of the four things that's a recipe for success in Christianity. Another quote. I'm almost done. It is very strange that heat on Sunday seems to be so much hotter than on Monday. And weekly pains that we seem to ignore on Sundays seem to hurt much more till we decide to stay in bed when we should go to church instead. Excuses. Those who have those excuses may have come so far as to avoid the word. Avoid times of prayer, or they're on their way there because slowly, slowly the amount of time becomes less and less. Well, you just don't understand my job. You just don't do this. You just don't only do that. Guys, those of me who golf, who enjoy the game of golf, how many of you struggle to get up to go play around a round of golf? Be honest, you get up, don't you? Sure, you do. Whatever our passions in life, we get the energy to go do them. And there's nothing wrong with those things. As long as those things don't rob us from our time with God, as those things aren't a stark contrast to getting up, to going and spend some time in the Word like they preached last Sunday. <sighs> Have some time in prayer. Because by, if that's it, by the time, that may be Monday, by the time Friday goes all around, it's non-existent or it's very little. Until we can get pumped up again. Hopefully, our sins haven't grieved the Holy Spirit so much in our lives that we barely even know we've sinned. Remember, to avoid your Savior is a recipe for defeat. failure and a repugnant aroma to our God. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, just a couple more questions. What are our passions and ambitions And do they conflict with our time with our Savior? And how do they smell to God? Can others sense that we've been with Jesus? Are we content with what and where we are in our lives with Christ? Or do we need some changes in our priorities so that we will smell pleasing to God again? Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you now for today. We just ask that you would bless each and every one. Take your word and work it in our lives. We pray for those who couldn't be here. We pray that you would be Encourage them and heal them and lift them up and strengthen them. And thank you once again, Lord Jesus, for this building that houses your church. What a wonderful gift it is from God. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.